welcome, Hoosier fans, to a pretty disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers got blasted in Madison, Wisconsin by the Badgers, 84-64. to The loss drops the Hoosiers to 8-1 and on the season. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's only one loss and Indiana won their first eight, but very concerning in terms of the level of effort, the level of focus turned in by the Hoosiers one game after their best performance of the year against Florida State. And what we saw today was a desperate Wisconsin team coming off of three straight losses that came out, played hard, played focused, executed as they wanted to, going up against an Indiana team that looked like they were playing their first road game of the season, looked like they had spent a few days listening to people talk about how good they were after that Florida State victory, and that looked like they forgot all the reasons that that Florida State victory actually happened, from the coaches all the way down to the last guy who played. It was just really an all-systems failure for Indiana, uh, that there just aren't going to be many positives to take from it. So we're going to talk about it on this edition of the Assembly Call. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. And uh, let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. Not much at all to choose from. And frankly, this is a very, very half-hearted banner moment here. Uh, but really, I'm just going to go back to basically the last little gasp that Indiana gave. It was 30-16 to 16 in the first half. Indiana's in uh, transition, a wide-open three-pointer for Al Durham. He missed it, but Demise Anderson hustled down for the tip-in, made it 30-18. to 18. You know, and it just showed some of the hustle and some of the awareness from Demise that we didn't see a lot last year that we're seeing more and more of. And, you know, I don't think Demise's play overall was positive. I think like everybody else, he really struggled, but he was one guy, at least when the game was kind of still in doubt a little bit, that was making a few things happen with activity on defense. He had a block shot, he had a steal, uh, you know, so created a few opportunities for Indiana. They didn't take advantage of him. Um, but that play on a day when Indiana didn't have many hustle plays, didn't have many heads up plays, that was at least one of them. Uh, and they got it to 3018. They would not get any closer the rest of the day. Um, so anyway, not much to choose from, but that's what I'm going with for the banner moment today. All right. Uh, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, a company that was founded by an IU grad and that remains based in Indianapolis. And if you're looking for Christmas gifts or if you're just looking for some comfortable gear to wear, to you know, to wrap yourself in, to, to cry tears in on days like today when uh, when Indiana doesn't play well, then you should go to homefieldapparel.com. Their gear is incredibly comfortable. Even after you wash it, it maintains that really comfortable feel that, that it has when you first take it out of the bag. And it's unique. They've got logos that you won't find anywhere else, whether it's for the football team, for the basketball team. They've got a soccer shirt in there. A lot to choose from uh, for Indiana fans. And, of course, credit to those guys. They put out the 9-win Indiana shirt before the season even started, and the Hoosiers will be going to a bowl game uh, trying to get that ninth win. Of course, now after a performance like this, I'm just hoping the basketball team can get to a ninth win. Uh, they won't if they play like this ever again. Uh, but anyway, one final note that you need to to know before you order because you're a member of the assembly call audience you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com use the promo code assembly20 that's assembly20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order that's assembly20 for 20% off your entire order go to homefieldapparel.com or if you want to go directly to the IU collection go to homefieldiu.com get the most unique and comfortable IU apparel anywhere all right, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Let's go to Andy Bottoms and get his bottoms line on this awful IU performance. 
Um, yeah, well, I, I think <laughs> there's not a lot of not a lot of place to go with this. I think it's it, it's one of the things that makes doing the show right after the game challenging because you don't want to overreact, but you don't want to underreact either. And I think the inclination would be to look at this and say this is this first team's you know, this this team's first game away from home, and maybe that has something to do with it. But man, the the just overall poor, uninspiring lackluster play makes it really hard to just chalk it up as well first road game things happen tough environment it was it was really uninspiring from the get-go i mean they're on 15 to 4 at the first media timeout i I tweeted out at one point they they got outscored the first segment of the first half 15 to 4 the last segment of the first half 12 to 5 and the first segment of the second half 12 to 4 which was 39 to nine or 39 to 13, I guess. And that really was at that point about the margin in the game. And they let Wisconsin get so comfortable early. Joey Brunk really struggled defensively, let Nate Reavers do exactly what he wants to do, which was face up and shoot. And I I would be inclined to say, well, he was used to playing against Hap, but Brunk Brunk wasn't on the team last year. Hap, when he faced you up, wanted to take you off the dribble. Reavers just wants to shoot. Robbie Hummel I mean, said that pretty much immediately. He's like, that's what this guy wants to do and really let him get comfortable and let a team that was coming off of a a series of really poor shooting performances and really poor offensive performances get into a groove before they even had time to break a sweat. And at that point, you're fighting an uphill battle. And at 15 to four, I was hesitant to say that it was over at that point, but it it was it was the kind of start. It was the kind of start that really allows a team who was on their heels. And if if the roles were reversed and IU gets off to a start like that, Wisconsin is in the mindset of, here we go again, another game where we're struggling. And IU just came out, got punched in the mouth. And I thought for the most part of the game, didn't show a whole lot of fight back in the other direction, which was the part that was most troubling to me. There was a stretch in the second half where they played well, went on a run. I, I struggled to... to put into context how much of that was Wisconsin letting their foot off the gas a bit versus IU continuing to play. So there was a stretch there where they played pretty well. But, um, you know, even when they got things figured out offensively, the offense was really bad at the beginning. They drove into traffic. They took the shots Wisconsin wanted them to take. There came a point in the first half when they got into a little bit of a groove offensively. Unfortunately, during that same stretch, they allowed to score Wisconsin. They allowed Wisconsin to score 12 times in 14 possessions. Um, and, and gave up 27 points in that stretch, just could not get stops uh, and and really struggle with the spacing that Wisconsin had. Just a, a really, really poor performance. To If you told me at the beginning of the day I was going to lose this game, that's one thing. I think the way they lost it leads you to want to have further discussion about it to try to figure out what is a, a, a real cause for concern versus a, a really bad afternoon. Well said, Andy. All right, over to Ryan. Plenty to rant about, Ryan. The floor is yours. Look, we're used to, I wrote this on Twitter, we're used to Indiana crapping itself at the Kohl Center and just performing horribly. But this is another level. I mean, this is, I know it ended up being a 20-point game. This is a 30, 35-point loss, really. I mean, if you look at where they were and when, you know, it kind of turned into garbage time with guys being like, oh, I can get some points here. Let me drive. You know, I, I like it just kind of, and and Wisconsin, of course, letting up a little bit because it's late and, you know, nobody wants to get injured. Nobody wants to, you know, 
expend too much effort when the game's clearly over. Um, there, there, there are things to blame. For. There's no silver linings for this. You know, occasionally, like you'll have a game like this, and oh, a freshman stepped up and played pretty well. Maybe that's a harbinger thing. Nobody played well. I mean, there's nobody on this list. Al Durham had 17 points, and they were all cosmetic second half points that were that were yeah. thrown in. I thought Al was terrible in the first half, and I love Al Durham, but he was terrible in the first half. And and you look at that starting five of Durham, Franklin Smith, Trace Jackson, Davis, and Joey Bronk. They let Wisconsin, as Andy said, get comfortable. And after that, Wisconsin was in a comfort zone and hit everything. It felt like it was 20 minutes before they missed a shot. Uh, Joey Bronk, we're going to talk about him. I thought it was his worst performance. Uh, I I thought it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen an IU player have uh, today. And, and, And whether it's just a bad matchup or what. Joey should not have been on the floor after the first five minutes. It was clear he did not belong in that game. Um, but I'm also going to blame Archie Miller. I'm going to blame the coaches for not having them prepared. I get it. First road game of the year, you don't know how a younger – I mean, this is still a young team. We keep talking about that. But it's true. You don't know how a younger team like that is going to react to its first road game. Maybe that's why you need a true road game in the in the non-conference, you know, especially with the, with the Big Ten schedule starting in December now, which you, we all know I hate, but at the same time – there's not that time to sort of establish yourself and and play a neutral court game against UConn or whatever. They're not in a tournament this year. They may have needed to do that. Next year, they're going to Maui. That might help you as sort of a road game preparation. Uh, but this, you know, these guys didn't know what it's like to play on the road. Everything's been at Assembly Hall. So, you know, I, I, I just, I think that some of it is that, but some of it is just not being ready to play. I mean, they came out looking flat. They look like they didn't care. They look like they weren't involved. I mean, we've had, we've seen that a couple of times in the second half this year, sort of out of the locker room, kind of, you know, give up a little run or something like that. But then they've snapped back into it. There was no intensity. There was no focus. There was nobody getting everyone together. I put it on the captains too, Durham and, and, and Devonte green. I mean, they, they didn't lock people in. Look at the veterans, Brunk, uh, Justin Smith, uh, Deron Davis. Nobody got these guys together during a timeout and just said, Hey, focus. This is the, we, the, we're blowing it here. You know, this is a chance to go one and O against and, and get a win at Wisconsin for the first time in 20 years, 21 years. I mean, this was an opportunity. Wisconsin had not been playing well. Wisconsin hadn't scored over 60 in a few games. Indiana can play poorly and beat a team when they that that doesn't score six it doesn't score sixty. So it, it was just a, a complete overall lack of focus, lack of effort, lack of pride. You know, I mean, this is it's just and and it's concerning when you look at the history of of what Archie Miller's done in his third year now. Is this something we should come to expect from a t- from a tough road environment? Is this is this just the way it is now? Is this the way he coaches when he gets in that situation? I don't know, but this was the year it was supposed to be different, and and, and he had his own players, and he had some tougher, hard, more hard nosed guys, and who played his way. And I mean, this team was awful defensively, specifically. And when that's your calling card, and your team is this bad defensively, I mean, at one point Wisconsin was scoring like one point six points per possession. It's like. That that if, if defense is your calling card and that's happening to you in a game for long stretches, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know that yeah. you're you're gonna have to go, and, and 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 just nobody was focused. Guys were chasing defensively. Nobody was doing what they were supposed to do, and it's just absolutely unacceptable and embarrassing. And there's there's no again no silver lining here. There just isn't. And and and, and there's nothing. We usually we we tend to be a more positive post game show. We'll find things that are good. Fine. 
I don't think there's any of that today, and there shouldn't be. And these guys should feel bad getting on that plane to go home. They should not feel good about themselves because this was a reality check that, yeah, you may have beaten Florida State, but now we're in the Big Ten and you're going to have to go on the road. You're going to have to do more. You're not going to be able to rest on what you did before. All right. I think we're done here. That pretty much sums up everything right there. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like I, I, I think off the top, I thought this was a really poorly coached game by Archie Miller. Yeah. And, and look, and everybody played bad. And players bear some responsibility if they come out and don't give effort. I fully believe that. Like I, I and and the player leadership. I thought you made a great point. You know where were where was the the upperclassmen holding these guys accountable and you know someone just saying enough is enough. But you know, look, if you are trying to build a program with a defensive identity, you don't go. I don't care on the road anywhere against the 112th best offense in the country and give up 1.4 plus points per possession defensively. I mean, Indiana had no answers. They looked like they were playing defense for the first time. And here's my biggest problem with what Archie did today. Everybody and their mother watching that game knew Joey Brunk could not guard Matt yes. Reavers after after th- two minutes. Yes. They knew he could. He's not quick enough to guard him off the dribble, and he couldn't close out to him on the perimeter. Yes. What do you do? You switch Trace Jackson Davis onto him, at least who's not a who's not a lockdown perimeter defender. But you switch him onto him, give some length, at least give he some challenged him better. The few possessions yeah, he was able he to guard m- him much better. And then it you wasn't put, great, but it was better. And, you, and then you put Ray Thompson in there on the block. That is what you do. That is your defense. And we have said for weeks, I have at least, I think you guys agree, though, that when Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson play together, they play more aggressive. They play better defensively. They get rebounds. And then offensively, they can move onto the perimeter and give you more versatility. Joey Brunk in there has cement feet defensively. I'm sorry. We love Joey's personality. We love that he's, you know, a vocal leader and all of that stuff. But if you can't play, you can't play. And you shouldn't be on the floor in a game like this if you cannot keep a guy like that in front of you and and you can't close out to him shooting. You got to do one or the other. Either give him the lane to the basket and make sure he doesn't shoot a three over you or you make him shoot everything. You can't screw up both of those it's not okay and that that is unacceptable from a guy it's unacceptable from Archie to leave him in there and keep putting him in a spot that he clearly could not succeed yeah you know and I didn't understand to start the second half you're down by 20 you've got to have a spark maybe you're not going to come back and win the game but at least to just get something positive going in the second half you know once again Devontae who I thought actually did some good things in the first half when he was in there he doesn't start Brunk is in there I don't get that. And I guess, you know, Andy, maybe we'll find out why Devontae isn't starting. It, I mean, I, if I recall, Devontae started the second half against Florida State, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I, I don't remember I don't, for sure. But I, I think he, he has started a second half, even if he hasn't started the game. So, you know, Archie has made that. I don't – here's what's, here's what's concerning, Andy. All the micro stuff in this game, yeah. One of the things that we talked about last year is, okay, maybe something that we can take out of this year as a young coach and Archie Miller – understanding that he's got to say enough is enough earlier. And I felt today like this game was coached a lot he like games were coached year, last year where it was very passive. There wasn't, you know, yeah, he went to the bench early in the first half and I thought the bench provided a little spark, obviously not enough, but it just seemed like he was kind of content to let it happen. And, you know, the, the you know, Brunt continuing to play defense on Reavers is a prime example of that. So, yeah. You don't want to overreact to one loss, and every team's going to have two, three, four really bad games, and hopefully this goes into that bucket. I'm just concerned that that's one of the things last year that was a big issue, and I guess I hope that if we got into that situation again this year, whenever it happened, that it would be different, 
and this just felt too familiar. I think that's the biggest problem I have with this game. Yeah, I felt like at times the even the you know first time out that he took in the first half was a basket or two too late, where it was real clear uh, as the game began that IU didn't have it and wasn't ready for what Wisconsin was trying to do offensively. And I, I just don't know when you you talk about how young these guys are and those kinds of things like they're they don't using this game don't appear to be able to kind of work through that um on on their own and i thought to your point there were times when he let them do that i I thought the brunk stuff was kind of egregious i guess maybe is is all you can say from a coaching standpoint he really did struggle and and even when they put jackson davis on him i thought again I, i thought robbie hummel was was really good on the broadcast when the game was in, I don't know if in doubt is probably the wrong word to say, but before they had to get to the uh, B material, let's say, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought he did it. He did a good job. And he basically said, you have to make Reavers make a back to the basket post move against you to do something. And he made he made a jump hook over Trace and he said, shake his hand, tell him good job. But that's what you have to do defensively. And that was one of the only possessions he really did that. And until toward the end of the game when when he got a couple free throws every point that Reaver scored I'm I'm relatively certain was when Brunk was guarding him and kind of the same thing with Duran you're putting yeah, him Duran in a position got him. where I think he got Duran once but that's you, you're right other than But that. you're doing the same thing like you're putting him in a position where he's even less apt to do that and they did force feed him the ball but then he goes and misses four free throws you got to find guys who who are going to be able to play within the flow of the game and maybe there are games at points in the season when you really need those guys and you got to go in a different direction. But I thought on the heels of a game against an even bigger team than Wisconsin that you went small and had success and, and acknowledged because I will give Archie credit in that game. I mean, he acknowledged early in the second half that Brunk wasn't going to be able to play the way that Florida state was playing and made adjustments. So I'm hesitant to, Say yeah. like he he Different can't game. read the game and figure out what's going on. It's like everyone but just boy, went insane today. Boy, you know? it felt Agreed. like it. It felt like it today. And so, in a similar situation, the hesitance to go to a similar small lineup was really puzzling to me. And I don't think it was. It, it certainly didn't work out well for anybody. It didn't work out well for Joey. He didn't adjust well. He actually played worse. It felt like as he tried to force things on yep. offense to make up for it and took. Bad shots, made turnovers. I, I think I had him for a, one more turnover than what it showed on the sheet. I, I honestly have no idea why, but there was a couple just really, really poor plays that he was trying to make too much happen on that end. Didn't benefit him, didn't benefit other guys, didn't benefit Deron to be in the game. It just, it, it was also one of those games where you could turn and look up and down the bench. And, and if you go looking for a guy who was playing well, You'd, you'd have wandered into the stands before you found whoever that person was because there wasn't really a lot of alternatives to go to. But I did think that was uh, puzzling at best. And I thought one of the other things from a coaching standpoint, they, they made a couple nice plays in the pick and roll in the first half. Race finished one. I think there was another play that they just missed, but they were getting open looks with guys cutting to the basket. And they seemed to go away from that offensively as well. And they went back to it a little bit in the second half. Race got fouled and, and made a basket. I I just thought they struggled at times to figure out what worked. And when they found something that worked, they didn't hammer on it. Uh, and they, they never found anything that worked defensively. So that was not a case of that. But uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, yeah the, a struggle on all accounts from a coaching perspective to everybody else. And I think, Jared, what you brought up is what a lot of people's fear will be 
luckily the turnaround before another game is pretty quick, but it, the question really turns to now, can this team pull itself out of a tailspin? Tailspin is, is too strong after one game. Can this team rebound after a really, really poor game, or does it turn into a series of really poor games? Because that's what happened last year, and the wound is still pretty fresh for everybody. So uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people thinking of that the way that you did and putting this into the context of last season while understanding, yeah, it's a different team. We don't know, but it's easy to fall into the fear that that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Ryan, do you have something that you want to say? Yeah, I just, I mean, I thought it was so obvious that this team just really badly needs Rob Finnessy to be healthy. I just feel like there's no direction on offense at times, and it's just everybody's just going to pass side to side and not look to move something, not try and get the ball into the post, you know, and and just when things are going, po- and that happens when things are going poorly. When things are going well and they're 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 on a little bit of a roll, they they play well offensively and they move the ball and they find open shooters and they try and get the ball in the post and guys are willing to drive and things like that. I mean, without Finnessy's ability to sort of slice a defense apart and without his ability to to maybe find those open shooters. And then without his ability to guard the ball, this team's lost. It, it needs him back so badly. And that was never clearer than today in the first five minutes of that game. I mean, it was just everybody was getting – Wisconsin was getting everything so easily. There was no pressure defensively. And guys were lost, and they weren't recovering to their shooters. They weren't you know, closing driving lanes and recovering quickly. They, I mean, it was just – there was so much wrong that – I mean, and, and I said this on Twitter and somebody got into it with me about, oh, yeah, that wouldn't change the game. I'm not saying they would have won the game if they had Rob, fin- Rob Fantasy. That's ridiculous. What I'm saying is they need a guy like him so badly right now, a guy who can guard on the ball and a guy who can make some things happen offensively and mix it up because they're just they're lacking that right now. I mean, and, and today they just wandered through the game with no direction. And he's your point guard. He's the guy who gives you that direction against a really mediocre Wisconsin team. Like they're we've not gone to good. the Cole like, Center and lost to some really good Wisconsin teams. This is one of the worst Wisconsin teams I can honestly, remember. I'm sorry. Florida I mean, State's better than that, this Wisconsin team. Florida State's better. Well, than yeah, <laughs> like it's not even close. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just the way Indiana play. And look, to be fair too, Wisconsin hit some shots they haven't been hitting. I mean, they've been hitting it, them no. at home. They've been shooting fine at home and we yeah. let them be too comfortable. That was my that's biggest true. fear no. coming into the game. And that's what happened. Get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's just pathetic loss to Wisconsin, I'll point out a few meaningful moments that you might have missed. And then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game and lots more ranting. I promise. Much more ranting. You're listening to the assembly call. Stick with us. This is Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the Assembly Call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Might be listening to this one, though. <laughs> you're listening to the oh, Assembly those Call. Oh, those Hoosier tears <laughs> taste so good. Oh, uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are trying to pick up the pieces uh, of Indiana's loss to Wisconsin. When I was doing the halftime report, my wife broke a bowl, so there's like a loud glass shattering sound. I was like, "Yeah, that that's, well, that's seen, fitting. That's good, yeah, good, good audio metaphor, basically, for what this entire day uh, has been." Uh, time for the meaningful moments that you might have missed. You know, one Ryan gets to the point that you were making about the defense on Reber's. Again, it goes back to you know the first half, and it was twenty eight fourteen. And again, you know, it kind of felt like 
maybe Indiana would have one run before halftime and kind of yeah, you know, get this thing get back it manageable. Like eight. Yeah. yeah, like you know when Demisi made that play that was the banner moment. When it's thirty to eighteen, you're thinking, okay, maybe we can get something going here. And at twenty eight fourteen, you know, Trace did not have a good game today at all. No. We'll talk about it. He was bad. Um, but I thought there were a couple possessions where he defended Reavers well, simply by being athletic and competing against him. And I guess reading the scouting report, you know, and like knowing they can put the ball on the court on the floor, but he played really good defense, forced a miss on a tough shot. And you're thinking, all right, get the rebound and go, here we go. And I don't remember who it was for Wisconsin, but someone just flew in from out of the corner of the screen in between two Hoosiers, just hustling, playing harder got the ball, they scored, made it 30-14, to 14, and it's just, that to me, I, I thought, you know, I wrote down in my notes, that sums up this game so far. You know, just not being able to finish that play, get it going the other way, so, you know, nice to see Trace play that defense, but then, you know, not being able to, to complete the play. And then, you know, Andy I tweeted about this, and you might have retweeted it in the second half. Brevin Pritzel drove through three Hoosiers for a wide-open layup. I mean, I don't think that there was a worse example of the pack line defense being executed in every way wrong than that play where you're supposed to be able to stop dribble penetration. Brevin Pritzel, not, you know, fleet of foot, not known as a driver, just goes right through for a layup. Look, we want to be a program with a defensive identity. That doesn't happen. That is not, you know, as coach says, there is no excuse for bad defense. That was just lack of effort, lack of focus. Yep. That's it. There's that's no excuse it. for that lack is of effort yeah, either that, that, and lack not, of focus. I, I don't mean that to say like, oh, the pack line defense doesn't work because this happened. No. That was just guys not wanting to. And that's the biggest difference between today and the Florida State game. There was so much want to, so much fight, so much grit in that Florida State game. It was all gone today. And I could go through a, you know, a list 100 plays long of examples of that. But those are the two that really well, you stood can't, out. To you me. can't do that because this game was played at too slow of a pace. But your point is well taken. <laughs> um, the, and Andy and I will leave if you're going to do that. Yeah, I've got other I, things to do. I'm not. I'm done. That's why no. I picked out two. I thought, I, yeah, that play defensively was emblematic of a few things. Race had a poor closeout. He really struggled to defend on the perimeter when he got pulled away from the basket today and, and driven by. And then you had two to three guys on that play. And then there was one not too long after that that was a little bit similar. Uh, and. I, the help just felt like it was a step late all day. Uh, and and part of that, you give credit to Wisconsin because they spaced the floor really well. But you got to have somebody who's able to get over there. And, and so many of those traveling calls against Florida State, there weren't a ton of steals in that particular game, but they forced a lot of traveling calls because they had guys in the right spot to help and force and, indecision and, decisive. and, and yeah. force guys to play. And and Wisconsin in that case, yeah, there's no excuse for him driving. I, I don't care how spread out how spread out they are on the floor, uh, and and I just thought those were things that it was a step late. Once Wisconsin made some threes, I felt like the closeouts got even worse because then they're just flying at guys, thinking that though yep. they've made six or eight, then they drive right by him. There was the one on Reavers that was on on Brunk in the first half. There's another guy not fleet of foot. You get beat. He can't drive from the well. Clearly he can, but. He should not be able to drive from the three-point line and get a layup to the basket without somebody stepping in to do that. And I thought that was a problem the entire day. The help was late. The communication on screens was poor. Al about got laid out early in the game. Did get laid out early in the game. There were other instances of that, that where too. where just the communication was poor. And Archie's mentioned that in his, his comments that just guys were too quiet. The team is quiet. 
You know, we heard a lot I'm of that so last year. So I know, I know. I'm, <laughs> I, and, but, it, but it was those kinds of things and that communication where at times you, you had, you had guys just come wide open off of those plays. And then there were other times when it seemed like it, it tended to happen out of timeouts that IU comes out and gets wildly aggressive on defense and then get burned back door because they're abandoning what they're trying to do defensively to overplay and make a play. That happened at least twice on the first possession out of a timeout where one of them was, I think things were going really well and, and they came out and I think it was Jerome in the first half got burned by, by somebody for a dunk. And, um, you know, you don't need to do more than what you are, are expected to do at that point. It's like, you're trying to make up for the five plays that you didn't make by playing incredibly hard on one and get a steal. Fake hustle. Play, play where you're supposed to be. Uh, yeah, the defense was just an absolute mess. Um, throughout the game. And then it got to a point where I felt like guys just didn't even challenge at all. There was the one baseline inbounds play where they didn't run anything special. Pritzel gets the ball behind the three-point line, and I think it was Justin Smith, just basically stared at him with his hands down, and he drilled a three right at him. They ran another simple inbounds play, got the ball wide open to a guy underneath the basket who got fouled. It was just what they were doing in some of these situations eventually was not complex and IU just was not the attention to detail and the uh, just being in the right place w- was incredibly poor. Ryan, any other moments jump out to you? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I've, I've tried to block it all out. It was all bad, <laughs> you know, and, and I know it's supposed to be, you know, meaningful either way. Um, I don't know. IU held Wisconsin without a field goal, field goal for the last, two minutes and 30 seconds, but they still kept sending him to the line. So I, you know, it's, I mean, I mean, this is how bad it, this is how bad it was. One of the notes that I have on here, I think it was the 10 minute mark of the first half. And for some reason, like I, I had a feeling Jerome Hunter was going to play well today. It just kind of felt like it might be a game that he would play. And uh, Joey Brunk traveled, the ball went out to Jerome and he made the three pointer. It didn't count. But for some reason, I was like grasping onto this. It's like maybe this will be a confidence builder for him. I, I will I mean, I, honestly, you're in your best Jerome, narrator voice. Jerome didn't look it good. was not. Well, okay, Jerome? I will say this, Jerome. Look, there were no bright spots, but I thought one thing that I did notice is it looked like Jerome had a little bit of his confidence back. He I seemed more that. assertive. He was actually he was actually plus three on the game, and I and the only reason I say that is because you know I, I thought. He played with a little bit of fight. Now he struggles on defense and all these things, but he's, he's you know, too he had, stiff defensively. He's yeah, but he had two points, I mean, that's three rebounds, thing. two assists, had a block. Like he was, he was doing some things. I thought on a team that didn't show much fight, I at least thought Jerome and Demisi when they got in there, like kind of fought a little bit and scrapped a little bit. So it wasn't good. But I am looking for small they signs have, from Jerome that he's kind of building yeah. his confidence back. And I thought we saw more from him today than we've seen in the last few games. So if well, you're really else, straining he, for something to take from this, that's one small little thing. While everyone else had Chernobyl, they had Three Mile Island. Like it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's different levels yeah. of disaster here. Yes. Uh, pretty much. I mean, it's it, like it. You're really Jerome, proud of that one, aren't you? Like just, just admit. <laughs> he just that's why he can't think of anything else to say. He just wants to. I'm enjoying he's it. Like I'm so sitting back and really. letting it, letting it soak gonna, in. You know what? I'll just mute. You guys go. No, but it, Jerome, Jerome defensively stands up a lot instead of getting low. And and again, it's something it'll yeah. develop as he gets better. And he's been away from a year away from basketball essentially. So, you know, you expect that. But I did think that he and Demisi both had some compete today. Where other guys, I thought, I thought Armand Franklin uh, competed in spurts. Yeah. Um, 
but anybody who was I'm I'm not I'm not lauding anybody who was in that starting lineup though. You know, I mean they they basically gave the game away in that first segment and uh, because again, as we've as we've mentioned, Wisconsin just got comfortable, and after that, it was over. I mean, they they even every run Indiana had, Wisconsin was so comfortable offensively after making a few shots and seeing if you get in that they just they 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 were they there was nothing that could stop them at that point. So let's talk about some numbers here because you know it's funny, Andy. Like you look at some of the numbers. I, I beg you not to. I, well, <laughs> no, but, but but here's the point I want to make. Imagine if I had told you this before the game. Hey. We're going to shoot 26 free throws. We're going to get 10 offensive rebounds. We're only going to turn it over 12 times. You'd think, okay, I can see a path to victory with those numbers. Like It seems like we might have done a little bit of what we wanted to do. And then you look over at the Wisconsin numbers, and you see... Which are comical. 1.424 points per possession. You know, great. We want to get to the free throw line. We want to get offensive rebounds, all that stuff. Guess what? Just play adequate defense, and you're probably in this game. But the defense the thing was I, so bad, you didn't even what, give yourself a chance. That's what I was saying. Indiana could have played poorly against this Wisconsin team and won because Wisconsin had been averaging about 60 points a game or not even getting to 60 points a game over the last few games. You just play defense. You're in this game. They didn't. You know, I mean, it was no. as bad as it's been ever. And we, and this is a team that's more athletic than I believe than past Indiana teams. That's tougher than past Indiana teams that can be rugged in a way that other Indiana teams can't be, you know, under our, our I'm referring when I say Indiana teams, I mean, under Archie Miller and they just didn't do any of that today. It was just a soft, relaxed. They were just cruising on a Saturday afternoon. They weren't fighting in the Big Ten for for a win. That's that, yeah. and that's the that's the difference. Against Florida State, they punched back and and they fought hard. And and this, they just didn't. There was absolutely no fight. Well, and even in the second numbers? half, yeah. even in the second half, when they held Wisconsin to to shooting from the floor, more similar to what they've done thus far, they put them on the line sixteen times and they yeah. they made fifteen of them. Now the game, I would I would argue was officiated completely differently in the second half. It was first. I think there were 11 fouls in the first half and there were 26 in the second half. But yeah, you know, I would also say, I think it would be easy if you're just, if you didn't watch the game and you're just looking at the box score, you know, you know, looking at the breakdown of the scores, you might say, Oh, okay. So Indiana lost by 20 in the first half, but Hey, the second half, they played them even. No, because what happened was Wisconsin came out and just obliterated Indiana. I actually thought the worst Indiana played was the first six, seven minutes of the second yes. half. They got up by they 30. Played, they played like they were demoralized. Yeah, and then, you know, basically, Indiana started picking up full court, and Wisconsin, and that gave Indiana a little bit of energy for, like, the small spurt of the game, and Wisconsin was essentially cruising, and so Indiana went on a little 15-5 to run to kind of come back, and then the end of the game was just nonsense. You know, it's just yeah, two teams I, playing out the string. So no, I, do I, mean, not, was, I do not give Indiana any credit for, no. like, tying the second half because they came out and played awful to start the second half. So that no, and, that number does not tell the story of the second half. And as I said about Al Durham, I, I thought that, you know, Durham scored two points in the first half and second er, and 15 in the second. And it's he had 17 points. And you look at that. Well, Al Durham played well. No, he didn't. He really didn't. He had cosmetic points at the end of the game. That's why, that's why I'm not taking a victory lap for predicting his point total. Yeah, no, it, I mean, he played he played yeah. terrible in the first half. He helped bury them in the first half. He was a big part of that. And yeah, I, I just I, I I'm not I'm not giving him credit for anything in the second half. He you know, it was interesting with Al. I thought it was weird. Like I thought the first possession defensively, he was great. And the first possession offensively, he comes in, drives downhill, all the stuff we want to have seen. He gets fouled. 
And then he took a really hard spill. And then, Andy, you mentioned that screen. I mean, he just got leveled on that screen. And it's almost like it just took him out of the game. Like, I, it felt to me at the very beginning like he was coming with a different mindset. And then the physical play, you know, those plays happened. And he just seemed like a different guy after that and didn't get going again until the second half when the game was already out of reach. And we needed more from him. You know, like when you go on the road, all right, Trace Jackson Davis is a freshman in his first game. Should we have expected more than nine points, three rebounds? Yeah, Trace didn't play well. But he's a freshman. You know, in your when you're going on the road against Wisconsin, you've got to lean on Al. You've got to lean on Justin. You've got to lean on Devontae. You've got to lean on Joey Brunk and Deron Davis, your experienced guys who have been there. And those guys just weren't enough today. Um, Andy, one other number that I want to point out is 22 minutes for Devontae Green. Now, no one played well in the second half. I did think Devontae did some good things in the first half. You look at his first half numbers. He had seven points, three boards, two assists, no turnovers. And he provided a little bit of a spark. Like when he was in the game in the first half, it really seemed like he kind of settled down the offense and that just things functioned better. Not well, but they functioned a little bit better. And then, you know, he doesn't start the second half, never really gets in the flow in the second half. And then I'm assuming Archie just didn't play him later because he's been a little bit hurt and, you know, they how had the young guys out there late. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to assume that's what it was. He still got nine minutes in the second half. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, I'm going to assume that's what it is. Still, still on the road against Wisconsin. Like, I think it's time to have a serious conversation about why Devontae is not starting. And maybe you can say, hey, he provides a nice spark off the bench. Hey, you know, he sees the game. And so he can like, I don't know what the rationale is because I feel like Archie hasn't been asked. But I think today it really kind of highlighted why, look, on an ideal Indiana team, Devontae Green is probably a sixth man, probably like, you know, the third guard in your rotation coming off the bench. He can provide a spark. This isn't yet an ideal Indiana team. And I feel like he needed to be out there. And it was really highlighted when you've got when you only have three guards and your best one is on the bench at the start of the first and second half, these kinds of things can happen. Does it change the outcome? No, probably not because they didn't bring it. But I don't know. That decision just doesn't... I've tried to like rationalize it, but it just doesn't make any sense to me right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that the second half feels like it has to be preservation just in terms of if he really was a little dinged up. They Really, if you look down the list, Al was the only guy who played substantial substantially more than more minutes than that. Um, you know, he had 33 trace played 26 and then you had a couple other guys with 24. Um, but yeah, I think that the starting thing is, is odd to me and starting the second half as we talked about before was, uh, was, was definitely strange. I think some of the, you know, from a numbers perspective, the turnovers were yeah, 12 turnovers is okay. I don't know what rate that is and how many possessions I haven't, I haven't looked at that. It's probably not great. Um, Given the given the pace of the game, I think the the bigger issue was they forced one turnover from Wisconsin in the first half. I think that's just tells you just how comfortable Wisconsin was. It was no risk of losing the ball. I don't even remember what the turnover was, quite honestly. But uh, and, and even in the second half, they only forced three. So I think those are the, that's a big issue, and and the rebounding when it mattered, I, I felt like Wisconsin completely kept IU off the glass. Um, they, they did give up a, a handful. Eventually, IU ended with ten offensive rebounds, five in the second, or I don't know how many in the second half. Um, it but, didn't feel but, like IU did anything when they got offensive rebounds anyway. Very, yeah, no, very, very. They ended up with twelve second chance points, and I thought there were times in the first half. There was one possession. I think they ended up getting three shots at it and came up with nothing. But in general, Wisconsin, and that's their philosophy. They're not going to get out and run. They're going to send everybody to the glass. Really keep IU off of there. 
And it was, I think that was part of Trace's issue that he couldn't find ways to get easy baskets. And they really just packed it in. And IU would drive into traffic. That led to some of the turnovers that they had and just took poor shots when they were getting in traffic. I do think the getting to the free throw line continued to be relatively positive for IU. They shot poorly when they were there. Uh, some of that was Duran missing four, but there were some others that they had chances to uh, to knock down that they weren't able to do. But but really, everything begins and ends for me with the defensive effort. I, I think you can win with some of the things that IU did offensively, given the turnovers, given who struggled, all those other things. If you score 64 points against Wisconsin, in a lot of cases, you're going to be, at the very least, right in the game. And even if you lose to them in a game that you were right in on the road, I think the tone that you take away from the game is so much different. But it's almost like you look down the stat sheet and nothing else matters but the first half and the early – and if even if you went down and did the early second half uh, box score for Wisconsin. Like, those are the only numbers that matter. Wisconsin sat 62.5% from the field in the first half, 46% from three. Jeez. And turned the ball over one time. I, I mean – Especially for nothing. a program that wants to hang its hat on defense. That can't yeah. happen. That just No, no other number matters from the game besides that. No, it doesn't. You also preface part of your comments of, of if people didn't watch the game. I am jealous of those of you who did not watch the game. So no, hey, Jim, no Jim in the chat mob actually stayed. He was at the game and stayed there through the final buzzer. God. So he he might get the game ball. It's possible. We got we have to do that next. We're contractually obligated. He, he at least, uh, he coming at least up, needs to get a tall drink. Yes. Coming up on the assembly call, we will hand out our game balls if we even do it. Uh, hit any lingering storylines and look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. Then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. This is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Go Hoosiers! You are listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball games. Every IU basketball game, even the, the really bad ones like this one. Uh, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. While you're there, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. You know, we heard from James Blackman Jr. there at the top of that. You know what game I kept flashing back to today? Remember, I think it was in the 2015-2016 season. Remember that game at Duke where it was just the most horrid defensive performance you could Do ever I think Do I remember of? the disaster in Durham? Of course I remember yeah. that game. Come on. Yeah, I think they 1.5 plus points per possession. I mean, and, and this... Wisconsin, again, 112th best offense in the country coming in. For a while, they were like rivaling Duke's performance in that game. And, you know, you'll recall that Indiana team really struggled at the beginning of that season. You know, they were able to recover from that defensive performance. Hopefully, this Indiana team is too. It's never good when a performance starts reminding you of the uh, of the disaster in Durham. But that is what like I was that was uh, that might have been our worst night hosting this show, I think. Because it was just so because remember going into that year, there wasn't a whole lot of hope that there would be this huge turnaround. And we were no, there was. Of, and then it was all dashed in Maui because they played. Well, no, that's Maui. what I no, I'm sorry. I meant going into that game, not into that season, but going to that game. It was kind of like, oh, God, they're bad. And then they just confirmed yes. every fear they had. And then 
you know, turned and then around. Troy Williams went off in the second half of the Crossroads Classic and turned everything around. Saved it. Anyway, sorry. We're, <laughs> I mean, you know, can we really be blamed if we want to try and turn our attention away from today's game somehow? Although I guess we probably shouldn't turn it, turn it towards an even worse performance. That was a really bad choice by me. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, now, thanks for that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, time now for game balls. And, and maybe this, you know, we've always kind of given out game balls, even in bad performances. Do we want to award game balls, or is this where we take a stand and just don't give one? I don't do think, think anyone earned one tonight, frankly. You just take the game ball and you just stab it with a knife, I think is what you do Okay. <laughs> in this scenario. I, I mean, I, we, we could go around and, and hand one out, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm, up to you, Jared. You're the one who always says, like, when I like sometimes I'll be like, dude, there's no banner moment from tonight. And you'll be like, nope, we got to do the banner moment. It's part of the it's part of the deal. It and is. So, but look, it is part of I our get ethos. It, it always it. has been to try and be, you know, supportive and point out the positive. You know, look, I think everybody in the chat mob is right. If you're gonna give out a game ball today, you probably give it to Demizi because it felt like he tried harder than everybody else. But I don't is that know. the definition I, of a participation trophy? Yes. <laughs> he played and he tried I, his hardest. I think, here's what I think. Look, last year I think we gave out a game ball for all of those performances somehow. I think it might make more sense. It would actually make the game ball more meaningful if when there, if no one deserves one, we just give it to nobody. All you right, know, maybe I'm fine we give with it, that. The walk-ons were cheering. To, this is going to sound like some kind of backhanded compliment. Those guys stood up and were cheering all throughout the game. I do give them some credit for maintaining their spirit on the bench. I mean, there's just there wasn't that much to talk about in this game, so I am okay saying that we don't give out game balls for performances that are this bad. It just devalues Andy, the game ball. Andy, who's your pick? Well, if we're not doing it. What is? What difference? <laughs> well, I'm saying is your, is your pick nothing. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think I would I would pick nothing if I had to pick somebody. I I guess I would potentially say Al just from a production standpoint, but. Well, if you say nothing, that gives me a lot of power because I get to decide whether anybody gets a game ball or not. No, I, I say uh, nothing. I vote for nothing. Okay. Yeah. I, so, okay. So two yeah. of you said nothing. So it wouldn't matter if I. No, I agree. I think that there, I don't think that. No, you don't get a game ball by default. I don't think. I think you have to earn it. And and uh, if anybody, it should be the guy who ran the horn at the end of the game uh, that ended things. <laughs> so we didn't have to. Watch or Jim for staying the there for the entire one. Yeah. 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 I think. Of the people we've discussed on the show thus far, I feel like Jim is the is in the lead at this point for me. Yeah, or or we give it to Sam Story. I think he was the one that gave the napkin to Robbie Hummel in the airport that uh, that Robbie oh. Hummel mentioned. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe he gets the game ball. Yeah. Um, okay, that was a, that was a real productive segment there. <laughs> no, I'm saying no game balls. I think you have to earn it. I don't yeah, think you can win it by default. I agree. All right, so Trace Jackson Davis has five. Devontae Green has two. Al Durham has one, and there's just one that no one won. It'll just be a black hole all season long, and hopefully this is the only time that we have to do that. Uh, is there anything else from this game? I mean, I feel like we've kind of mentioned all the people. I mean, it just, you know, it, it, one other we, thing. We didn't that talk. I, we didn't really talk a lot. Of, I, I know we're, we there's not really a need in this scenario to talk about individual guys. Justin is one that probably bears some mentioning. Yeah. Um, it was uh, he ended up with ten that whatever um i I thought he struggled in the same way that everybody else did i thought kobe king really really took advantage of him defensively uh and was was easily one of his poorest defensive performances there were times though that i saw him i think it was jerome We, we talked a little bit about jerome earlier jerome seemed to be the one that was getting the most visibly frustrated as different things would would happen in the game and there was a time or two that justin kind of tried to put his arm around him and calm him down a little bit, like keep him in the game. I, 
you know, this is clearly grasping at anything. I think that's a decent show of maturity from a guy who's let himself get into those spirals of not playing well and having, you know, a series of, you know, a couple of bad plays turn into a, a whole lot more. Um, I, you, you see him starting to try to be a bit more of a leader. And this wasn't a complete no show type game from him, but it definitely wasn't one that on the heels of, of a performance that Archie called the best that he's had at IU one that I think he feels uh, is going to walk away feeling great about. I think rebounding wise was the big thing with him. Only two rebounds, even trace just with three. Um, it was a, it was a balanced rebounding effort from IU today, but IU really needs those guys from an athleticism standpoint to really be able to stand out uh, in a game like this. And uh, some of that I think is the pace. Wisconsin just slows it down and IU whenever they had a chance would really try to push it up and, be able to do that. But when all you're doing is taking the ball out of the basket and inbounding it, that becomes pretty difficult to do. Yeah. Um, a couple other observations, you know, Deron Davis, obviously you know, he only played four minutes, air ball, the free throw. I did think for like a two possession stretch, he tried his darndest to provide a spark for the team by kind of being, you know, with some really strong, tough post moves. And I think we saw a little bit more like just kind of determination in the post from him than we've seen in a while. You know, he didn't make the free throws. It didn't end up amounting to anything. But if somehow, some way, he can round back into a guy that can give you six to eight minutes and actually, you know, give you some solid post touches, that's that could that could have been important in a game like this if the game was close. It wasn't, but nope. at least again, hopefully, something that builds forward because we've seen him be look a lot more lethargic than he did today. So yeah, something very small in his four minutes of action. Um, yeah, it and looked then, like and, he was trying to do something when he was in there for sure. Yeah, and and just real quick to follow up on Demizi, you know, he had five points, four boards, two assists, a block, a steal. Um, I just I liked his activity. The three pointer that he made was a big one. I mean, it was you know off one pass. It's probably one of those that Archie might not want him to shoot, but he made it. And again, it was early in the game when Indiana was looking for a spark. I just continue to be impressed with him. He's better. You know, we heard a lot in the offseason about the improvements that he had made. Didn't quite see it through some of the first few games of the year, but he's come on and he's proven that that he's a guy that Archie can trust, you know, to do some productive things out there. He's going to give up some stuff on defense, but he's making up for it with hustle, with, a you know, just kind of being aware of where the ball is and making some shots. And so that's, you know, something to build on. All right. I got nothing else about this game. Um, let's look ahead. Tuesday night, Andy, it's a quick turnaround uh, for Indiana. Tuesday night, Indiana faces UConn in the, it's the Jimmy V Classic, Jimmy right? Jimmy V, I believe, yeah. What can you tell us about UConn? Uh, they've been, I feel like, a little bit better than potentially than people expected. Uh, it's Dan Hurley. I think it's just his second year there. They, uh, they dropped an early game to St. Joe's at home, who's one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the A-10. So that was an odd one, but they bounced back to beat Florida at home, uh, played a really competitive game against Xavier, went to double overtime, and I think the Charleston Classic, I want to say. Um, so they, they they played well in that scenario. So they're 6-2, and two, haven't played since Wednesday, uh, and, and won't from that standpoint. Um, defense a little bit better than the offense from an efficiency perspective. Uh, do force a decent number of turnovers. So that's something to watch for. Uh, they have not shot the ball particularly well. So on the heels potentially of this performance, that's something to uh, something to watch. They have struggled giving up offensive rebounds. So maybe I use able to get back to that a little bit, but they have been effective uh, on the offensive glass themselves. So um, got 
a decent mix of uh, of of size. They've got a couple uh, taller guys that they'll play, but they've also in the back order a little small. So um, you know, not a Florida State type imposing uh, front line. Uh, so a, a decent team, a good challenge. Should have a lot of fans uh, in that game, and and I think most of these December games felt like toss ups for IU, particularly those in the in the non conference where you could tell yourself a story that IU wins or loses really any of those four non-conference games that this one definitely falls into that. It's a, a two point uh, game on the, on the Ken Palm projections right now. So uh, should be a, a tight one, I would imagine. And, and one that IU needs to get things in order pretty quickly uh, in order to have a one game, uh, one loss turn into to multiple because, you know, as we've all looked at this part of the schedule builds up through, uh, through this point and, it would be easy to get uh, potentially in a, in a downward spiral if you lose a few of these uh, toss up games. So should be a, should be a close one would be my, would be my guess. Indiana entered today 20th in the country. One of only 12 teams that was actually in the top 30 in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, The offense I think was like 22nd defense, 29th Indiana now 54th (laughs) defensive efficiency. Uh, As I wrote you in the chat, that actually doesn't feel like it fell far enough uh, (laughs) based on what happened. How how far did Wisconsin rise? They're now the 72nd offense. I kind of joked that they might be They're now the best offense in the country. Yes, (laughs) that's correct. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, you know, it's early in the season, small sample sizes, all that stuff, but Good Lord, that was terrible. Good Lord. That was bad. All right, you've been listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 20% off at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 uh, to get that uh, to get that discount. And you can go to homefieldiu.com to go directly to their IU collection. Assembly20 for 20% off. All right, guys. And, and by the way, if you're still listening, please leave us a, leave us a comment. Let us know why. Oh, my God. So, so bad today. Yeah, it was bad. We had over 500 people watching live for the Florida State game. We've not gotten over 150 today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and I don't blame all you I'm people who did not join us that today. <laughs> Either our show after Florida State was really bad, or it, we're not drawing people after a bad performance. Yeah, I for uh, sure would have turned the game off had I not had to do the show. Oh, I'd, God, I'd, yeah. Ten minutes I'd, in, I'd have gone out for a run. Like, that was yeah. my, oh, so yeah. bad. Um, all right, it is time for last call. Uh, Andy, why don't you why don't you lead us off here? <laughs> gee, gee, thanks. Uh, Joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this feels like, a, well, you don't need to, it's probably too much sad violin. You talked about before, though, just playing that for the entirety the of entire the show. show. Or, yeah, just feels- this, this for an hour without analysis. Just yeah. an hour of sad violin. <laughs> yeah, just fill in with your own thoughts. Um, I, for... For this one, we, we've talked so much about the schedule and how it how it leads up, and you know the November going undefeated progressed to the test of you play your first tough game against Florida State, and then it and then it's your first road game, and and whatever. In that regard, I don't know that it's probably overstepping things to say, oh, this is just because they didn't play a road game in the uh, in the other part of the schedule. What I think it does present, though, is this group of guys first chance to to show how they can bounce back in within the game that did not go well they did not respond well to being punched in the mouth they did not really bow up and and fight back for any consistent time period uh it'll be interesting to see for me how this team does that within this quick turnaround as you mentioned and in some 
a game like this, I think a quick turnaround is good. Uh, you don't need to dwell any more on how bad this was than uh, a, a day or so, and then you move on and, and try to get ready for UConn. So I think that's the part that becomes the next test for this team is dealing with adversity that you didn't deal with over the course of the game. Can you bounce back and, and play well in another winnable game? In the same way that this game was winnable, it sure didn't look like it when you look at it afterwards, but the reality of the situation based on the kind of team that Wisconsin had shown itself to be was that this was a winnable game and IU didn't really show up. And so now it's a chance to, can you bounce back? Can you show up again? Because I think the fears that you described at the top of the show and the, and the feeling that you were sinking back into watching something that you'd watched before that didn't go very well was one that uh, a lot of fans will certainly fall into hopefully one that players who were part of that don't fall into and they're able to show that they learned something from a season ago about how they pulled themselves out of that. And uh, you can't have that without losing. And, and in this case, losing in spectacular fashion uh, as to what they did. And, and so time will tell whether this is a blip uh, on, on the overall season, or this was a sign that things were, uh, were not as rosy as everybody thought they were coming into this game. So a, a really disappointing performance on a variety of levels as we've beaten into the ground at this point. And hopefully the team can respond in a way that suggests this is an anomaly and not the ongoing fear, ongoing performance, uh, whatever you want to call it, because it was, uh, it was not a lot of fun to watch this team play. It was the complete opposite of what you saw against Florida state with the toughness and everything else that was mentioned on the broadcast a couple of times that hard to believe that the same team that played the way that it did five days ago could come out and, and do a complete 180 uh, into what we saw today. So we'll, uh, we'll see how they bounce back on, on Tuesday night and hopefully the returns on that are a positive one or, uh, or things are going to, we're going to have a lot more sad violin to listen to. I fear uh, as we move forward. Speaking of sad violin, Twitter reports indicate that Illinois blew a massive lead at Maryland. So mm. they were up like what, apparently they, they had a chance to like, yeah, they were up big and had a chance to knock off Maryland in Maryland. Maryland. Yeah, they, were they were up, up for 15, a decent amount of the game. Yeah. IU was up uh, two nothing one? in this game. So that was equally oh. <laughs> demoralizing to <laughs> that should have been lead. the banner moment. Yeah, right there. What a blown, what a blown lead. Uh, did wait. So did Maryland come back and actually win? Yeah, yeah. they won. Cowan, so I guess over. made a bunch of shots at the end. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, All right, Ryan. Come on, rant, rant about something, or you know, make. I already give, did give, that. Give us another bunch. Chernobyl reference. Like, you have any other brilliant analogies for Great this? Great show, by the way. If you have a chance to watch it on HBO, fantastic. I've not show. seen that yet. I'm excited. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel is back. That's a really good show too. That'll cheer you up tonight. Yeah, uh, I'll be watching that. And the Grand Tour comes back next week, so everybody's got something to there watch go. that's going <laughs> to cheer them up. Um, look. This was disgusting. It was disgusting basketball. It was horrible. It was gross. It was awful. Whatever you want to, what do you want to say? Um, but as we've said many times over the years on here, it's not about the loss and how you played. It's about, you know, it's only really about the loss when it's the last game of the season. It's about how you respond to it and how you turn things around. I mean, do you turn things around or is this what we're supposed to expect? And, you know, this was a wake up call and they're going to get another one on Tuesday. I mean, they're going to have to fly and play in a, another gym and, and have to turn, you know, show who they are. And, and Indiana gave us uh, a performance on Tuesday that made everybody think, Oh, we know who this team is now. And then came out on Saturday and just laid a complete egg. 
what are they going to do this Tuesday? They still got to prove themselves. And it felt like this was a team that believed all those people saying, wow, maybe this team is really good. And they walked on the floor expecting to win and got hammered by a team that's not really that great. And that's what scares me is that this is not, you lose by 10 to this Wisconsin team. You lose by five to 10 and you're thinking, man, Hey, Wisconsin's not that good. This team lost. That's not a, that, that's a big deal. But to be down 30 to Wisconsin is it wasn't even competitive at any, it point. wasn't at no point was it competitive. And, and, and that's the thing that's scary is who is this team really? And on Tuesday, we're going to find out if this team really is tough because they're going to have to bounce back from this quickly and go to uh, another gym and play UConn and and a UConn team that has some talent. What's going to happen? I mean, so this team has a chance to prove itself again, over again, to be like, okay, if they come out and they play a fantastic game against UConn, maybe you think, okay, it was at Wisconsin. They never play well at Wisconsin. Kind of a blip. What X, Y, Z, whatever. But if they lose again, it could be that we're shaping up for another long season because this schedule doesn't get any easier. It's going to be tough the rest of the way. And Wisconsin was one of the games you looked at on the schedule and thought, yeah, it's at the Kohl Center, but that's a winnable game. And they were down 30 when Wisconsin stopped caring. That's what scares me. So this team's got to start proving itself every game, and it's going to start again on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't want to overact, but there are definite reasons for concern. And I think... You know, I've heard several people say this, several basketball analysts that I trust, college basketball analysts, that essentially, you know, every season you're going to have three or four games where you're awesome and everything goes your way. And then you're going to have three or four games where the other team is great and you just don't have it and you basically have no chance to win. What do you do in those other games? And I think the issue now with these last two games, we kind of felt, okay, maybe we'll learn something about this team. To your point, Ryan, and I don't know if we do because the Florida State game, you know, you have a guy go for 30, a lot of things kind of go your way. That could look like an outlier on the positive side, and hopefully this looks like an outlier on the negative side. And if that's the case, then we still really don't know much about this team. And so we're going to learn because UConn, and then you know you got another Big Ten game against Nebraska, and then you got Notre Dame, and then you got Arkansas. You know, but I think everybody was hoping after that Florida State game that hey, you know, this toughness, this this is what travels. You know, you're going to play tough D, you're going to rebound, you're going to get to the free throw line. And that just wasn't there. And, you know, no one is expecting perfection from this year's team. But for a program that has professed that it wants its identity to be on defense, it is, it seems perfectly reasonable to be concerned that a few days after a great performance against Florida State, you go and lay a complete egg defensively against an offense that isn't good. That's concerning. And we won't know for sure how to what bucket to put the Florida state game and the Wisconsin game in until later in the season. Hopefully it's one of those you're like, man, remember that Wisconsin game, boy, they really turned it around and played better. And that was kind of a, you know, they seem to learn their lessons from it, you know, or I guess we could look at it and say, boy, that was a real harbinger of what was to come. Who knows? We're an hour removed from the game right now. We have no idea, but not going to overreact. I still like this team. I still think this team can do good things. I think you need to get Rob Finnessy back. Agree with all that stuff, but I did not expect to feel this concerned with familiar concerns after today's game as I do. And that's just kind of where we are. So turn the page, hope they play better on Tuesday and we can get uh, some positive momentum back going with this season. Cause <laughs> today's game definitely took all the positive momentum from that eight, no start uh, right out of it. And it was gone within about five minutes. So 
that's where we are. All right, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops with you on Tuesday after IU UConn. Until then. Take it from me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. There is no excuse for bad defense. A fitting final sound drop for this game. <laughs> every, every year we have a couple of these shows where it's just like, uh, just the complete problem, the problem systematic last year, failure. They, last year was like two straight months of them. I know. So that's I know. but even even after a while, no, you're that, always going to have some bad games. I mean, the 2016 season, we look back on that. It's like a, it was a fun season. God, the first month of shows for that season. Were I awful. was so glad I was in Maui and didn't have to be on the show. Oh my god, Michael Dugan hosted one by himself. I know. I think I hosted another one by myself at my parents. It was like because <laughs> nobody was around. It was because I was Thanksgiving. I was getting weeks, married. So yeah. I just stared. I stared blankly at the screen for a while. And so that, that, oh, Aaron's that's asking about Banner. Aaron's asking about Banner Monday. I don't know if I can do Banner Monday this week. That's why I didn't say it. I've got some stuff okay. going on Monday. I'm hoping I can, but I don't know for sure. So I'll let you know. It's, it might have to be kind of a last-minute thing. Okay. So Make sure what, what is there going to be able to know. say on Monday anyway? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to talk about. We oh, just, the questions would be, would be it'd, it'd be a lit question section, as the kids say. <laughs> it would, yes, um, it would be lit. <laughs> it would be lit. Um, so Tuesday, what time is that game? I think it's I don't really know. late. It's I feel like late. it's it? I feel like it's nine, but it's the second game of something, so it'll really be nine thirty. It's, it's gonna tip at nine thirty. Oh boy. Is it it's at MSG, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. I'll double check, but I think that that's I wasn't sure if it was MSG I or Barclays. That that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Ryan yeah. hosting by yeah. himself. Yep, it'd be great. That would definitely if they lose that, that would definitely be a so you guys want to talk about burritos or what game? You know, it's it, it's how they lose. Like there was a yeah, path says, to losing say, this just Wisconsin to, Just to game, confirm, it, it does say it does say nine, but I am relatively certain Jimmy V is a doubleheader, so it won't. It'll be nine. Yeah, no, there's a game before it for sure. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, that was uh, that was something. I'm I'm glad we have this place to commiserate after these games. You know, you can get out all the oh the place the where the bloggers feelings. the blogger boys go to make you feel good about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, somebody responded just pumping a, just pumping sunshine yeah all, somebody all responded long. to your somebody responded to one of your comments was like well if anyone can make uh can like find something positive about this it's you jared or something like that and i was just like oh i'll take that i wear that with pride i try to find positives some games there's just not a lot there's not much positive to find there was nothing positive this about was one this of those one, let's be real no this was terrible yeah it was a terrible terrible game <laughs> <sighs> all right when are we going to know the bowl up. game i use bowl game will that be tomorrow announced afternoon. tomorrow afternoon after, yeah it's like it's like the they announce the i mean it'll start to leak but they'll announce the final four and then it all starts to trickle out it all starts to come out after that mm-hmm. um but i think that um like i like i know for sure already usc is going to going to go likely go to the holiday bowl because uh, USC's calling, in a bowl game, I didn't even realize they were in a bowl game this year. They went eight, eight and four. Oh wow! Uh, they actually had Utah lost one of their last two games. USC would have gone to the Pac-12 championship game and probably got annihilated by Oregon. Um, 
they finished. They won like something like six out of their last seven or something after starting terribly. Um, but yeah, so like it started to leak that some places are connected. Um, I think IU is down to two options or is down to two options now, but it'll probably we'll know by the end of tonight probably where they're gonna go based on who's going to the playoff and then who goes everywhere else. So Ohio State, I'm assuming they win, they'll go to the playoff. That means that Rose Bowl will either take an at-large bid or take the second place Big Ten, which would be Wisconsin, or they could take Penn State, depending on who's higher in the rankings. They could decide to take Penn State. Yeah. Um, but I but they usually err on the side of taking the second place team from the Big Ten championship. Mm. So we'll see. I I mean, we don't know for sure, but it'll it'll be more clear tonight after the game. By the way, last thing I, I do want to mention, I mean, we were really hard on the coaching staff today, and rightfully so, but there are there's definitely some overreactions going on. <laughs> like overall, I think this has been a pretty well coached season. This was just a really, really bad game. I think it's been a so much better coach season than the last yeah, couple of years. Let's, for sure. let's slow down with you know with the Archie stuff. I mean you know, everybody has bad days. We have bad shows. Goodness knows. No, we don't. <laughs> Especially Speak the Speak for yourself, Morris. <laughs> I'm on I'm on my game all the time. Yeah, no, I you know, don't uh whatever but yeah no and look you're you're kind of allowed three to four as you said you're kind of allowed three to four bad games a year yeah no one's going undefeated i mean yeah so we you come on here you criticize and let's all move on and hope it gets better yeah now if they have like five bad games like this in a row then we could start talking about other things but some nights you just uh you don't play well yeah and they definitely didn't tonight no all right all right I, i gotta go or, uh, do do anything you're, other you're, than this. I gotta go put ornaments on a tree at my parents' house. That's I gotta I'm go. I can't even come up with anything, but anything I could say would be a reasonable alternative to discussing this. By the way, are you guys? So I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take off. <laughs> are you guys weirded out by Christmas being so close to Thanksgiving this year? It's kind of weird for me. I don't know. I, I like, wouldn't say weirded out by it. It just feels out, like there's no different. there's no time between because it's like it, Thanksgiving was the last weekend week That's, of yes. That part yeah. is that part is correct, but it's it doesn't. Weird. It, doesn't it just feels like it doesn't weird me out. It weirds maybe me maybe a little inconvenient, too close. I suppose. But. Wildly inconvenient. Yeah, I don't know if I'm weirded out. You tried shipping anything on Amazon uh, because of the how how crunched the holidays are together. It's like the delay for shipping is so deep. It's it's crazy. Things won't be there before Christmas if you. Uh, it's it, December seventh. What they're yeah. that. They're delayed yeah. that far? There are certain things that if you order from Amazon, they people have been complaining about this online. What, there are certain what, things. Isn't that just things, being out of what, stock? How does that have anything to do? They're overloaded. Ordering? They said their shipping lanes are But overloaded. how does that have anything to do with Thanksgiving? <laughs> because people didn't do their shopping before Thanksgiving. They because they always do their shopping after Thanksgiving oh. for Christmas. So uh, everybody is overloading the well, system. Well, it does, you know, Christmas does sneak up on you when it when it falls on the 25th. So that yeah. can be Yeah, there's no way to plan ahead for that. <laughs> that can be challenging for people. I think I think what happens is a lot of people were waiting for um Black Friday and Cyber Monday and they were very late this year. Cyber Monday was on December 2nd. So, yeah. I'm just going to chop off your the mastery first of hour. the calendar is yeah. really is really I'm, impressive. I'm just going to chop off the first hour and 5 minutes of the show and we're just going to do Make it, a, make it a Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. Here's a discussion that makes just as much sense as the way I use defense. Hey, man, I'm just trying game. to change the subject. That game sucked. Yeah. Okay. More weirded out by how late Thanksgiving was or how bad Indiana played defensively today? Oh, Indiana defensively for okay. sure. All right. Just, just checking. Just checking. All right. But All right. we're really lingering here. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> get, get oh, yeah. Like you got somewhere to be. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys. Get out with your Saturday nights, everybody. All right. See you guys. (laughs) See you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.